The Civic Circle is a youth-led podcast by the Bucks County Beacon tackling politics and policy from a Gen Z lens. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Mallory. And I'm Alexandra. And we're all students from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, chatting about activism, advocacy, and all the political happenings affecting our generation today. We're focusing on PA politics and want to serve as a call to action for all young people to get involved in the civic process and demand change. Hello and happy November. And also, wow, what an incredible cycle for Democrats and progressives across Bucks County and largely across the country as well. They were huge wins and we're here to celebrate. We definitely are. Our episode today is going to cover some general results across the country and the state, but with a specific focus on Bucks County. And then we're also going to have a great interview with Jordan Abelson, who was an organizer working with Bucks United to assist in the progress we've seen here at home. And some of the races we're going to start with are Virginia State Legislature wins, the Kentucky and Mississippi gubernatorial races, and the Pennsylvania Supreme Court race. Perfect! Let's tackle the Virginia State Legislature first. So, just for context, there are 40 Senate seats and 100 State House seats, and a lot of people were nervous going into this race because a Republican majority would have emboldened the conservative governor, Glenn Youngkin, to push some of his key policy proposals on abortion, education, and taxes. Additionally, there were concerns that a majority would have also pushed Governor Youngkin to join in on the presidential race for 2024. However, um, we're super excited to report that the state now has a slim majority of Democrats with uh, 21 to 19, as well as the state house with 51 to 48. This was a hugely important race, especially as Virginia, you know, is the last state in the South without super strict abortion regulations, and now Democrats will be able to firmly defend that right. Speaking of abortion rights, um, we want to briefly give a shout out to Ohio voters who voted to preserve the right to abortion on Election Day. Um, You know, there's been an obvious pattern on abortion ballot initiatives these past um, few months, and it's really clear that Americans across the country, no matter how red their states are, are committed to the defense of reproductive rights. Absolutely, and it's such a reassuring pattern to see. Now, on to Kentucky, and what a resounding win for incumbent Democrat Andy Bashir with a 5% win on AP News, that is an incredibly solid victory for a red state. So Bashir's opponent was Daniel Cameron, who has extremely right-wing views on social issues like LGBTQ rights and abortion access, which could have been severely impacted. So again, this is a huge win for the South. However, there was a loss in the South um, with the Mississippi gubernatorial race. So the incumbent governor was Tate Reeves, who previously served as lieutenant governor. And the Democratic the Democratic candidate was, um, I think, Brandon Presley, who um, is related to Elvis Presley, which is a fun fact. He um, was the Mississippi Public Service Commissioner, and according to AP News, he lost by over 4%. Yeah, I think it wasn't super surprising. Obviously, Presley had to run on a pretty conservative platform as a Democrat, which you have to do in the South. So one of his biggest priorities was mismanagement of welfare aid in the state. On the other hand, Governor Reeves has refused to expand Medicaid coverage, which really negatively impacts workers who don't have access to health care, amongst other policies that we disagree with in its first term. While it's been 20-ish years since Mississippi last had a Democratic governor, the most recent being 1999, the community and infrastructure building that Democrats and progressives did this cycle is still critical. For sure. 
Uh, so let's get back to you know, our state. So there's some overall Pennsylvania races we want to highlight. So before getting into books, we'll get into the PA Supreme Court. And for some background, there's been a vacancy since Chief Justice Max Beer passed in 2022. Um, nationally, Pennsylvania is obviously a political significance due to its purpleness, you know, and the number of electoral votes it has. And the dispute over presidential results in 2020 often ended up in state Supreme Courts. Therefore, maintaining a majority is critical to election integrity. Political significance of this race um, was really that a Democrat win could break the tie on a few deadlock cases, and it can also impact the partisan majority of the court in the next election in 2025. The candidates were Democrat Daniel McCaffrey and Republican Carolyn Carluccio, and we're happy to state that McCaffrey won with around 6% higher votes than Carluccio at 53.1%. Wow, that's amazing. And all the way across the other side of the state, Sarah Inamorato, a progressive leader in Western Pennsylvania, who was endorsed by the Working Families Party, won her race for Allegheny County Executive. Inamorato is committed to curbing fracking, increasing affordable housing, and passing policies for the working class. And that is amazing to hear. So now we can tackle a few more Pennsylvanian judicial races. A lot of positions that we talked about last time, basically. So the judges of Superior Court that were elected are both Democrats. They're Jill Beck and Tamika Lane, and they are now responsible for many parts of the county as a review decisions made by lower courts. The Superior typically handles a wide range of civil and criminal appeals, ensuring that legal processes have been conducted fairly and by the law. These judges play a pivotal role in interpreting and clarifying legal statutes and establishing precedents that guide future cases. The judge of the Commonwealth Court was elected to be Matt Wolf, who is also a Democrat. Wolf is now responsible for ensuring the fair and consistent application of state laws, regulations, and policies. His decisions can have a significant impact on government actions, regulatory compliance, and legal precedents within the county and beyond. So uh, the clerk of courts, which is won by Democrat Aline Harnett Alvalar, oversees administrative functions for the operation of the court. It's basically responsible for maintaining accurate records of court proceedings, managing case files, facilitating access to legal documents. Uh, the clerk of courts basically ensures transparency and accountability in the legal process. Albalar's role is crucial in providing the public with access to essential information, supporting judges, attorneys, and other stakeholders in the legal system. The efficiency and accuracy of the clerk's office directly impacts the overall effectiveness of the the county's judicial system, and this really makes um, that position instrumental in upholding the principles of justice and the rule of law within the community. Republican Bucks County District Attorney Matt Weintraub won uncontested. As chief prosecutor for the county, DAs play a pivotal role in ensuring justice and public safety. They decide whether to file charges, negotiate plea deals, or pursue trials, impacting the lives of individuals and the community at large. And finally, one of the most exciting races that were won, Bob Harvey and Diane Ellis-Marseglia are returning to Bucks County Board of Commissioners, holding on to control of county government for Democrats for another term. The county commissioners are pivotal in local government. They serve as direct representatives with their constituents. They play a crucial role in decision-making at the county level. They're responsible for formulating and implementing policies, basically improving budgets, allocate funds for essential services, and overseeing infrastructure development. Harvey and Ellis Marseglia will actively engage with the community, addressing concerns and ensuring effective communication of government decisions, um, like we saw them do during the flooding in Box. Their involvement in economic development, um, other things like emergency management, and collaboration with other governmental agencies only covers a fraction of their responsibilities. 
That is amazing to hear. And I know that was a race that a lot of us were super nervous about. So it's so great that it turned out well. Now let's also turn our focus to the school board races that were some of the biggest focuses of this cycle and something that we've been talking about pretty consistently here on the Civic Circle. So first, let's talk about Penridge, which has drawn national attention for promoting anti-LGBTQ policies that have been replicated across Bucks. There were two groups, the Penridge Community Alliance, which represented Democratic candidates, and the Protect Penridge 2023 group for Republicans. The Penridge um, Community Alliance ran together on a platform for ending culture wars, wasteful spending, secret agreements, and poor policies. They were opposed to the district's adoption of a controversial curriculum drafted by the third-party firm Vermilion Consulting. Meanwhile, Protect Penridge's agenda was focused on pushing for parents to have the primary say in their child's education and supporting policies that would require students to use the restrooms and plant sports teams that aligned with their biological sex. We are so very happy to say that the Pembridge Community Alliance took all five open seats, flipping the board from Republican to Democrat. Woo! Yay! I know, so exciting. Um, a similar story unfolded in Central Bucks, which is absolutely amazing. So Democratic group CBSD Neighbors United campaign against the school board's book and neutrality policies and opposed book banning, anti-LGBTQIA plus rhetoric, and culture war type politics. They ran on the motto of compassion and common sense, which I absolutely love. Um, meanwhile, the Republican group was to center itself around employing school resource officers to protect schools and build bridges with students, launching full-day kindergarten and STEM academy, and nurturing civil debate to protect the voices of students, parents, and teachers. While many of these values are important, um, you know, they were bankrolled by Republican mega donor and venture capitalist Paul Martino and had um, supported anti-LGBTQ plus policies on the board. As the Central Bucks alum, I am so proud to say that all five Neighbors United candidates won their races, which flipped the board to a Democratic majority. We are so, so proud of these incredible candidates. Now let's talk about Council Rock, which is where I graduated from. Um, so the incumbent Republican board president, Ed Salomon, who we've talked about in a previous episode, came up short in his bid for re-election in Region 5. Four Democrats who campaigned with each other under the organization Together for Council Rock won and will be joining a Democratic incumbent, giving them a five-vote majority. Finally, we wanted to report on the unfortunate loss in um, Satterton School District. So two groups ran um, the Republican Keep Souderton strong and um, Democrats under Souderton area for responsible leadership. Um, Republicans swept the ballot, winning all five open seats and preserving the party's control of the board. Yeah, I mean, obviously, losses will always come with any cycle. But however, overall, we're going to say positive. Democrats did exceedingly well this election cycle across the country and in Bucks as well. We are so excited now to have Jordan Abelson on the podcast, who served as the communications director of Bucks United this past cycle, and talk to her about these trends in voter turnout and more. everyone. Today we're here with Jordan to chat about the recent election wins um, for the 2023 municipal cycle and we're so excited to have her here. So first Jordan I'm just going to ask you to introduce yourself, um, tell us about your organizing experience, what kind of got you into this work, and also how you're feeling about these wins in Bucks County. 
Hello. Thank you so much for having me on, ladies. I appreciate this wholly. My name is Jordan. Um, I was the communications director for Bucks United, which is basically like the coordinated campaign of Bucks County. So within that, I worked on races from tax collector to school board races, all the way up to county commissioners. So I was able to have, you know, eyes, ears, and hands on all of the different elections that were happening here in Bucks County. I am also a 26-year-old lifelong Bucks County gal. So when you guys asked me to come and talk about Bucks County elections, it's like literally that TikTok sound where it's like, I love this question because that is truly how I feel about, um, about you know, the, the state of politics here in Bucks County. So I actually have no organizing skills in my back pocket. Um, this is my first time working on a political race. I had been an active Doylestown Democrat, an active young Dem here in Bucks County pretty much since Donald Trump announced that he was running in 2016. I think that's when a lot of us started to like, you know, really start to pay attention to what happens, not just like within our high school circles. So then from there, I had no idea what I wanted to study in college. I ended up getting a biology degree and I studied a lot of reproductive health. And I did a lot of policy work within that. So then when COVID hit and people started to, you know, claim that scientists were like this political, you know, chess pawn and Dr. Fauci, we were all like just doing whatever he said. I started to get really interested in misinformation and what that does to the public space. So I ended up going on and getting my master's degree in public health, um, where I did a lot of concentration on, you know, data-driven policy within public health. And my like true bread and butter is misinformation and what it does to our societies. So then I was post-grad, um, Bucks County called, and I was like, heck yeah, sign me up. Let's really be a part of the change. And let's, you know, let's really be, let's be on the front line of protecting your home and the people that you care the most about. So then I, I moved home to Bucks. Um, I joined Bucks United. I joined a campaign staff of about 16 people who have become like some of my closest friends now. It's funny what it's like camp, but like on an extreme level, because you spend all day, every day working with one mission with a bunch of like-minded people. It's awesome. Um, and now here I am just uh, enjoying the victory for right now, kind of deciding what comes up next. I'm feeling ecstatic about the wins in my home county. I literally, it has been, what, I think a week since election night, almost a week since election night. And I, there have been moments where I've like taken a self-care walk and I just, I cry thinking about, you know, the fact that Penridge went Democrat or, you know, I'll be like driving to my mom's and I'll think about how for the first time in all of Bucks County history, Doylestown supervisors are in the democratic majority um there is literally no better feeling obviously than winning but the feeling is definitely like elated when it is the people like this is my home no one cares more about bucks county politics than the people who are most impacted about bucks county cap politics um and to have played a role in the success and i mean from the school boards to to even getting candidates closer than we've ever seen them close, like get to when it comes to super tough areas to win. I literally like can't stop smiling. It's, it's, it's insane. I think I'm sharing the exact same excitement as you, honestly, there's some <laughs> wins I was not seeing coming and I'm very happy they did come. And speaking of the races, what stood out to you most um, that the Democrats won the cycle? Like what races stood out to you the most? 
I feel like they all kind of stood out to me, especially when we were watching results come in, because as much as we predicted some places would, you know, we were predicting that CBSD would flip. We were predicting that, you know, abortion was on the ballot. We were predicting that Democrats would have, you know, a, a, a like a larger wave than most years. It's also an off-year election and like polls are hard to do and it's just a county. So things that stood out to me was just the margins we won by. I mean, I know I've already mentioned it, but Doylestown Township Supervisors is a really, really near and dear place to my heart. It's like one of the first elected official races that I started paying attention to. And like our margin between Democrats and Republicans was over a thousand votes. In previous years, we've won that race with six. Those are the things that stand out to me. Penridge is a prime example of a race that absolutely I will I will be thinking about till the end of my days. Um, I'll will be 10 years retired and I will still be thinking about that Penridge victory. I mean, Penridge is in an area. I don't know if most of you are, if you are as knowledgeable on your Bucks political geography as I am, because I am a nerd, but upper Bucks is really Republican heavy. Middle Bucks is where you start to see a little bit of, of the, like the, the, the more purple. Um, and then lower Bucks, you get more democratic, the closer you get to Philadelphia. So when it comes to upper box places like Penridge, Bucks County Democrats in the past have, haven't even really organized up there because it was always a lost cause. And this year, I mean, obviously no one could sit by and just watch what was happening to our school districts continue to happen. So for this year, there was a true, true, true push this year. And I would say last cycle to really, really you know, motivate and organize Democrats in upper box. And like we won by hundreds of votes. Like that is, that is showing you that not only do people care, people are like, it is possible to win in these Republican heavy areas. It is possible to, you know, there are people in these areas that truly do care. And it might be because they're still registered a Republican for who knows what, but like common sense won in a lot of these races. And Penridge is, is an example of that race that, you know, like I said, I'll be thinking about the Penridge wins. I mean, the Penridge Council uh, Township guy won by, what, 300 votes? I mean, that's that's insane. Yeah. Um, so as you expressed, like, a lot of these things are just, like, extremely exciting. Um, but I guess my next question for you would kind of be, like, a two-parter. So what strategies or messaging do you think were the most um, effective during this campaign cycle? Um, like, what do you think led to Democrats winning? And what do you think we need to continue using in the future or get rid of? So this is like, so I was the communications director. So my main goal, really, the whole campaign cycle was to, you know, get our message out there. And as the Bucks United candidates, which primarily was uh, Bob Harvey and Diane Marseglia, our messaging was bipartisanship. Our messaging was keeping Bucks County safe, whether that was from, you know, crime statistics, something as simple as, you know, PFOVs in the water, like we kept Bucks County safe. We didn't raise taxes and we would always protect the women's right to choose. So when it comes to messaging, I think those messaging, those messaging points truly are what made Marseglia Harvey as effective as they could be. We and it's funny, too, because I always, you know, as a comms director, like, yeah, they're messaging points to me. But like, no, this is what Bob and Diane are. They're not just messaging points. This is the record that they've run on. This is the record that they have. Yes, they turned into messaging points and talking points for me as a comms director and as a piece of the political puzzle. But like, 
they've invested over $1 million in, in law invest in law enforcement. You know, we were endorsed by Planned Parenthood and the FOP. And I think the spirit of bipartisanship is really what messaging what pushed us over. You know, people like we just watched Brian Fitzpatrick. I know everyone in this room's aware of who that is. Vote for yet another like MAGA crazy for Speaker of the House. And like that sort of chaos isn't what's happening here in Bucks County. Yeah, these culture wars are coming into our county, but they're not what's staying. And like this cycle alone showed that. Like you can bring all the culture wars you want. The people of Bucks County know what they want. They know what their values are. They don't want this craziness in their homes. And that's why we had Democrats and Republicans coming out for every candidate and voting for the Democrats. I mean, Heather Reynolds could not have won. She's a CBSD candidate. She could not have won unless she had a significant amount of Republicans come out to vote for her. Same thing with Bob and Diane. Like, Bucks County is that purple. You know, as Politico said, it's the swingiest of the swings um, here in PA. And that's because we had Republicans backing us. And it's because our track record and our messagings were strong like that. And I think we'll see that with a lot of candidates upcoming. Like, not just on a PA level. I think the bipartisanship, I think, you know, going across the aisle without, you know, going against your own values. I think that's something that people are really going to see and 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 start voting for. I also think like every political strategist ever, like when abortion's on the ballot, it tends that we win because it's been shown in, in the polls and and magazine covers and articles and any sort of reporting you see that like the American people, the majority of American people believe that women should have the right to choose and no one else. And that is a winning message on the ballot. Um, because, you know, in my eyes, that is that is what's right. But yeah, so I, th- I think that I think that answers both sides. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. And we really appreciate that, especially like coming from a communications perspective. I think it is so, so important. Um, We wanted to ask you if you had any strategy or tactics to engage with certain demographics of voters in particular, particularly Gen Z, because we all, all are, are all part of Gen Z and we think oh, the yeah. youth is really important. So we want to ask how did you engage with Gen Z and what did the youth turnout look like in particular? Yeah, so I am actually one of the chairs of the Bucks County Young Dems, you know, the Gen, and I am a proud, proud Gen Zer. I always say like, some people always joke around, they're like, oh, I was born in the wrong de- like decade. And I was like, no, I was meant to be TikTok and Dyson hair dry. Like, no, I was meant to be a Gen Z. So when it came to youth in Bucks County, it was it was really hard. And one of my main goals with, with joining Bucks United and, and really taking a part of this this year's cycle was to really activate the young voters. Unfortunately, that was not, that didn't happen this year. And I would love to like sit down with all of you as Bucks County girls and like talk about this because I think it's a really important, a really important topic. But like young people are afraid of being Democrats right now. Young people are, you know, they're afraid to identify with a party And this was an off-year election. You know, there wasn't any presidential to go behind. There wasn't a congressional candidate that got people really excited. This was school board, township supervisors, like no no sexy parts of politics were part of this race. And I think that showed a lot when it came to youth organizing. The school boards obviously brought out a great alumni network. We, I connected with people that I went to high school with. I'm a CB, I'm a Central Bucks graduate who had never once, you know, picked up a phone to call voters who had done that because of what they were watching in their schools. But when it came to 
the idea that the Bucks County Young Dems have when it comes to like this progressive force of, of young people ages, you know, 18 to 30 coming together to really put a voice to the table. I felt like that didn't happen this year. I think for a lot of the reasons I just said, but I do think I was able to tap into young people in a couple different ways. One, we monetized on TikTok. Bucks County Dems, someone actually just put a comment in one of my TikToks being like, if you look up Bucks County, you're the first one that comes up. And I was like, yeah, that that is exactly what the goal was. Whether it was Cringy the Ram from Penridge, or if it was from, you know, the CBSD board talk, whoever ran those accounts knew that the messaging had to be out there. And those accounts brought in the audience that we then needed to then see it go to other other avenues, whether it was door knocking or literally just votes. The second thing that I'm super proud of, and um, I'm planning on spending a lot of my time next cycle, giving a lot more energy to this, is our mail-in ballots team. Uh, Mail-in ballots are like the easiest way to vote. Everyone knows that, especially the people listening to this. And Bucks County Young Dems, nope, Bucks County Democrats have a mail-in ballot team. As a young Dem, I took on a lot of the phone banking and I made a lot of calls for anyone who requested a mail-in ballot who was under 30 years old and who had the ballot sent to somewhere that was outside of Bucks County. So there I was talking to a lot of young people. That is where we got a lot of the young people to to turn out. A lot of the young people that are like, you know, when I say young people, I mean anyone under 35. They weren't necessarily at the doors. They weren't necessarily on the phones, but they were there on the social media and they were there voting because obviously like our numbers showed that. I hope that in the future, every single event we have, from here until the end of Bucks County Democrats or whatever, we have voter reg tables, we have mail-in ballot registration, um, because that is, I mean, that's the wave behind the blue wave is those mail-in ballots. And for people who, you know, are at college, or they're like my sister who, you know, still live in Bucks County, but are living in their college town still while they're figuring stuff out and getting a job, like they, she still wanted to vote here in Bucks County. Um, and I think that is the most impactful way that you can get young people involved. For next cycle, I've got some ideas. So let's, we'll see if we can build on this, you know, and really get, you know, Bucks County has the opportunity to be truly a watched county, whether it's, you know, what we, what we do in the polls, what we mean for national trends. Um, and I think the young Dems could have a really big potential to make a difference here. And it's just about finding what works for us and works for our county. I completely agree. And I can't wait to see those strategies out, you know? Um, so next question would be, what outcomes do you think we'll see immediately after seeing these wins in Bucks County? Like, are there any poli- policies that will be immediately overturned or focused on? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, first and foremost, we are firing Jordan Adams up in Penridge. We are getting rid of that wretched vermilion or whatever the curriculum is. Gosh, be gone. That is horrid. That's definitely one that that. I like cannot wait for the first day that they are sworn in to be like, you do not have a home here because you are full of hate. I am overly excited about that. Like I said, the Penridge race is one I'm going to be thinking about for years and years and years and years. Other policies that I think are really, are really crucial that we're going to see outcomes. So a lot of these were like, obviously more local level. So you're not seeing like no one's no one's passing like loan forgiveness on the races that we just worked on. What I will say, instead of what policies are being over overturned, I'm going to talk about what policies are continuing. Because really, when it came to Bob and Diane, we were fighting on a record, um, and we wanted to continue that record for the first time ever 
in the history of Bucks County, or I guess people kept saying since the Civil War, but like to me, like that's, I mean, that's the majority of the history of Bucks County. Um, we've never had a Democratic majority. So for the first time these past four years, we had Dems in charge. And the things that they were able to do, I think, is what I was fighting for. I wanted them to keep that. You know, a lot of these policies, unfortunately, you only hear about when they go wrong. For example, there's a program called the co-responders. And it's something I learned only because I worked for these candidates. And it's something I wish I knew the minute it ever started in Bucks County, because that's how impactful it is. It's basically, it's a smart on crime prevention tactic where they pair social workers with police forces all over Bucks County um, so that when there is a mental health crisis call instead of a cop going who has no mental health you know or very minimum training in that regard a social work social worker will accompany them which means that they are able to you know better assess the, the situation there's a less chance of you know unfortunately violence potentially happening because the social worker has a better understanding and I mean just like just last week, there was a horrible mental health crisis in Bucks County. And it was in a place that the co-responders weren't in yet. And I keep thinking like, every time I would have a rough day on this campaign, I kept thinking like, that person would still be here if potentially that co-responder would have been with that police station. And I think those are the things that I think about with these victories. Like I think about, I think about the policies that we are able to continue to have because we re we continue to have Democrats there. Another example, Bucks County government is one of the biggest employees of Bucks County. You know how many people rely on their health insurance through Bucks County? Our opponents that we we just beat, like, said that Bucks County had no decision in a women's health care. Well, my sister works for the county. My sister gets all of her contraception access through the county. That 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 woman who we we just beat by a lot of votes, like basically said that it, my sister wasn't going to get contraception access because it wasn't her job to decide for my sister, and those are the things that I think about election integrity, ballot drop boxes, like those are because of the Dems, and I think a lot of so when I think about what might have been overturned, I don't think about it that way. I think more about like look what we are going to continue to see progress on because we've erect we have reelected common sense candidates. It's so refreshing to kind of hear about, you know, things that we're going to uphold that are going to only, you know, further the democratic process here in Bucks County. So that's really exciting. Thank you for talking about that. Jordan. So my next question is, what are your feelings now going into 2024? And what kind of infrastructure do you think organizations really need to invest in? So 2024 is going to be crazy. <laughs> I know, you know, there's a lot not only on the ballot, there's a lot happening in the world. And I don't think there is an area that is going to feel that more than Bucks County. I'm nervous for 2024 because I think the the margins that we were able to win by and the work that the Republicans saw my team and myself do, they are going to be sitting there right now with, you know, looking over, they're going to be strategizing. They're going to see what what tactics we use that really helped us win here. And they are going to, you know, they are going to sit for the next however months and they are going to think through that. I think there is going to be a renewed sense of like urgency when it comes to them taking back a lot of the races that they just lost, especially for the first time. And I think 2024, we better put like our battle gear on right now, like yesterday, if anything, and we need to be mobilizing right now. Infrastructure that has to stay in place is you listen very closely everyone lean in you cannot win bucks county if you do not knock doors 
Bucks United was built on a miss on a mission. Uh, Eric Nagy, Dan McCormick. I probably you'll never listen to this, but this is for you guys. Like Bucks United was built as a coordinated campaign for Bucks County to meet voters where they are. So when so yeah, you know, Bob and I went to five K walks and we went to historic Fallsington days, but nothing was more effective as Bob going out and knocking doors. I sat in a Northampton poll for about half of the day on election day. I sat next to one of my favorite Council Rock candidates. And every every six voters, someone would come in and be like, oh my gosh, you knocked my door. And guess what? She won. And she's a Democrat in Northampton that probably wouldn't have won if we didn't knock doors. Um, so when it comes to infrastructure, I think the the strategies that Bucks United has set up since 2019, and especially since February of last year, is you've got to knock doors. You know, Bob and Diane are the only candidates who have ever won Bucks County more than once. So I hope that when it comes to future races in 2024 and it, when it comes to the future of the party, I mean, I know I'm not going anywhere, but like, I hope we as a party can talk to each other because I think the field program and the emphasis that we put on our organizers and how much we 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 really put like mind, body, and soul behind knocking doors, I really think that is what won us this election. And I don't think any congressional candidates, I don't think any even mayor candidates can win right now in the chaos of what politics looks like without meeting voters where they are and in lower bucks and in upper bucks. And I mean, honestly, anywhere in bucks, like where voters are, it's at their doors. And I think that relational organizing is really like, that is Bucks County. And that is what Bucks County is probably going to be for the, for as long as for the for the for the very long future, I think. And you know, I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to like 2024. Obviously, we've got to like, like I said, put our put our battle gear on now. We need to be like registering. We need to be mobilizing. If anything, we should be, like. I wouldn't even be shocked to say like, let's go knock doors tomorrow. You know, because that is that is what won here in Bucks County, and it's what won in 2019, and it's what made us make history by reelecting the first Democratic majority. Um, and that is the infrastructure that like I will die behind. Absolutely. And I think what you said about door knocking is so true because when I was field organizing for Ashley Ehaws, who is running again, we would knock doors every weekend. And I still felt like in my soul, it wasn't enough. And unfortunately it wasn't. So I think definitely there needs to be a shift in mindset for some campaigns going into this next cycle because- Yes, a lot of call time needs to be done, but a lot of door knocking also oh, needs to be done. It is a fine balance of where you want to put your candidate's mental energy mm-hmm. in. And this is like super like political campaign worker talk now, but like money has to be raised. Candidates have to have mail going to mailboxes. Yeah. Candidates should be on television. But it's it was interesting to me as a young person who sat in the polls, who was knocking every week which knocking was not part of my job. Knocking was knocking was what I did as a human being in Bucks County because I cared. No one ever came to the polls and was like, oh, I saw you on my TV. People came to the polls and would be like, Bob, you knocked my door. And I think those are the moments that like we need to always be remembering. Like, yes, it is so cool and hot to like see your candidate on TV. It's amazing. But to, like to put an extra person out there on the field to so knock every single day And look at Penridge. Penridge won because they knocked a ton of doors. 
obviously there's culture wars there's outsider money there's so much else factoring in that but like you look at you look at the the numbers that those candidates knocked versus the numbers that they returned the candidates that knocked the most were the candidates that were the most successful the candidate in northampton linda uh linda stone amazing candidate she's about to be a democratic candidate for uh council rock she was like i think the fourth most knocked candidate in all of bucks county and her results so clearly showed that so you know people would always question us like oh your budget why are you putting so much time energy and money into your field program but like that's because field chose results absolutely and now we're going into our last question of the evening and I think some of this could come from your work out on the field. Um, we wanted to ask what your favorite community engagement or organizer moment was from this cycle, as well as the most valuable lesson that you learned. Okay, I this is like the hardest question I think you could ever ask anyone. Favorite community event? I feel like just every time I would knock doors, especially like I grew up in Central Box. We never left Central Bucks. Like everything my family and I ever did was in Doylestown. Like I had never gone to Ben Salem. I had never really been to Quakertown. Like when we would travel, we would go to the city. Like it wasn't like we didn't travel in and around through Bucks County. And I think some of my favorite community engagements was like one day really soon to the election, I knocked um, a neighborhood in Ben Salem. And like, I just had so much fun talking to people down there who I just never would have crossed paths with if I didn't go out and knock doors and like volunteer in my my local community, I think those are probably some of my favorite community engagements. But then when it comes to like one of my favorite moments and the most valuable lessons that I've learned from the past, you know, four months of of not only being a voter here in Bucks County, but also someone who's on the official side, you know, working to help get progressive people elected. As the comms director, I would go to most public facing events with my candidates which included the commissioner's meetings. So every other Wednesday, I would go to the Bucks County Courthouse and I would sit in the uh, the commissioner meeting. And every single Wednesday, I would listen to my candidates be absolutely verbally abused. I would hear them have misinformation screamed at them in public comments. I would have people who didn't think the Amish could get COVID. Like I had, we, I was, I would listen to people weeks on weeks on weeks on weeks talking about how you know voter fraud was riddling this county and all of these horrible horrible misinformation and I watched my candidates sit up there never ever letting it get to them um, never ever letting any of their comments or their or their horrible horrible insults being thrown at them never let them like affect their voting it never ever impacted the policies that they supported. It never impacted their relationships with, with anyone. This cycle, last cycle, and I guarantee you, Ashley's like the cycle we're about to walk into, like it's mean and it's horrible. And if you go on Twitter right now and you search my name, you will see some of the nastiest things that these people who don't even have real names on Twitter will say, will say about people who have values like Democrats. And I think the most valuable lesson that I that I really learned from this whole cycle is watching people who truly cared about this county, who knew what they believed in, stand true to their values. Diane Marseglia, Bob Harvey, all of the row officers, the Penridge School Board candidates, all of Council Rock, like some of the most horrible things I heard while on the campaign road. 
And never once did I see any of my candidates, especially the county commissioners, even let it let it hit their skin too deep because they knew they had a job to do. They knew people were counting on them. You know, they knew that Bucks County was here. Bucks County had elected them to do their job. And that is, that's really the lesson that I've taken. No matter what people can say, no matter what people, you know, can throw at you, like you've got to stay true to your values. And that's why I will support the candidates that I supported today, tomorrow and forever, because, you know, those are the candidates that truly stood for what, for what is right and what I believe in. I have learned how to mute people on Twitter, which has been very real. Well, it's funny. It's actually one of the the main stories. The one of the first times I met Ashley Ehas was at a what as a was at a Young Dems gala, and I asked her. I was like, "What's been like the most challenging, you know, thing that you've you've dealt with this week?" Like, just just out of curiosity, I had just graduated undergrad. I had no idea what I wanted to do, and she was like, "Can I be honest with you?" And I was like, "Yeah, like tell me." And she was like, "I did a Reddit AMA, and someone told me I had horse teeth." And it was the worst thing I had heard that whole cycle. And I remember driving home that night from mom's in Doylestown where we had a young Dems gathering and thinking to myself, like, if she can let that just roll off her and still fight as hard as she is for things that are so important, we, we, I can do whatever it takes to get them elected. You know, whatever horrible thing someone can say to you, it doesn't matter because not once is that impacting our values or our supporters. And I think between, you know, that horrible story with Ashley and just dealing with the commissioner meetings, like that's something I'm going to take with me in any career I go into with any relationship I have. And that's, it's really been one of the most important values. Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing all of that. I feel like you have to be very strong to work in campaigns and in the organizing <laughs> And we really, really respect and appreciate your impact on Bucks County. It can clearly be seen. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on for this interview. It was so great to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I will see you all in 2024, right? Yep. We'll be out there talking <laughs> doors. Oh, yeah. Massive shout out to Jordan for hopping on the Civic Circle to share her experience with organizing and her political knowledge with us. It was so great hearing what she had to say. Um, She's amazing. And yeah, it was just really wonderful. Absolutely. And we really need to give a huge shout out and thank you to all the campaign organizers, staffers, volunteers, donors, candidates who chose to step up and run, and everybody else who was involved in this election cycle. Your work is incredibly appreciated. And with that, we're officially wrapping up our three episodes focused on the election cycle and taking a brief break until we get back into the 2024 races. What a wonderful but exhausting run it has been. I'm so excited to see what comes next. We'll see you all soon. Thank you for listening to The Civic Circle, a podcast by the Bucks County Beacon. I've been your co-host, Alexandra, Sarah, and Mallory. The music is bet on it by Silent Partner. For more progressive insight and analysis on Bucks County, Pennsylvania, go to www.buckscountybeacon.com. Don't forget to join us for our next episode on the rise in labor movements and growth in unions, particularly around Philly. Follow at Bucks Co. Beacon on Twitter for updates.